Welcome to the Creating Sales Stars podcast. Each week, our host Pete Evans will be joined by some of the big and upcoming names within the sales industry. This is brought to you by Sales Star UK. <laughs> Welcome to this week's edition of Creating Sales Stars podcast. Um, this week I've got a very special guest, um, Simon Dent, who uh, runs, is involved in several businesses, but um, Simon's got quite an interesting background in that he graduated from uh, the University of Kent in 1997 with a law degree, and he actually spent his early years, you imagine, as a solicitor in London. But after a chance encounter in 2002, Simon actually fell into the world of nightclub promoting. So I've, I've learned something already, Simon. And <laughs> uh, spent five years organising parties for some of the biggest celebrities and sports personalities in the world. Um, and back in 2007, uh, Simon left the promotional business that he helped build. And he's subsequently spent the next uh, 13 years building three businesses with it, Simon's passion for sports at the heart of each of them. So Simon now um, runs a business called Hero Talent Management, um, working with people in the sports field. Uh, but Simon, I'd like to start uh, with our sort of, you know, how how we met through Jamie Peacock, yeah. and I know that you're a you're a very keen um, very keen runner. So my my first experience of meeting you was when you did the um, the hundred mile run to raise money for a, a charity, which is dear to your hearts, mm. um, Greenhouse Sports Project, but. I mean, what what motivates you to run those sorts of distances? I'm sure the the listeners have been really interested. You know, I, I, are you mad? Or are you... <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely mad. I mean, firstly, thanks for the for the kind intro, Pete. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good to be chatting to you again. Obviously, yeah, I I'm pretty sure the last time I probably saw you was that weekend, wasn't it? Easter weekend this year when yeah we ran a hundred miles. Um, but no, in answer to your question, I suppose it's for the listeners. It's I'm keen to emphasize that, you know, this hasn't happened overnight, but at the same time, it is something that I got into sort of in later life. Um, It doesn't take a sort of rocket scientist to work out that in my formative years running nightclubs, that probably didn't go hand in hand with running long distances. (laughs) So it's definitely something that I've come to in later life. And in fact, you know, I I ran my first marathon uh, eight years ago and yeah, I suppose the, yeah, this year, um, 16th of April with myself, some of your team, Gemma, um, well, Oliver was there as well, and myself, Jamie, Jeff, um, Sam, Chris, we, we, we went out, we ran 100 miles around London. Yeah, and what, 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 what did you learn about yourself? I mean, one of the, the stories you shared with us at the, at the end and, and Jamie Peacock shared was that you saw these rocks and you thought they were hard rocks. Well, what sort of prompted that? <laughs> <laughs> I think too much caffeine and enough sleep. Um, yeah, look, I think it's um, it, it's an incredible experience. I think that um, I, that I, you know, if you told me ten years ago I'll be running a hundred miles in twenty four hours around London, I would have said you're mad. But I think for me, it's it's something I, I've really enjoyed the process of training. I think that I've seen in my own private life and my business life. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that the the fitter and more dedicated I've become to running, I've seen that spill over into benefits in other aspects of my life, other facets of my life. Um, and I, you know, I am a goal 
driven human being and that that lends itself very well as you know to business but also to sport and especially running because running is a it's a solo pursuit you don't need anyone else really um you don't need much equipment and yeah all you really need is a a little bit of discipline lace up your boots and, and you're away so yeah i think it's yeah it, it, it's for me it's been a perfect sort of hobby to get stuck into but on on yeah just i suppose to answer your question that 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 day in london i think that it definitely changed me as a person i think you know i'd i'd run some ultra marathons before that never never that distance but i think it really just elevates and helps elevate your goals and i think it, it really shows you that anything's possible and i know that a lot of your listeners will think that's a bit corny but look you know I, i'm i'm a pretty average guy um pretty normal guy pretty normal background and yeah i like to think that yeah running 100 miles has, has, has led some pretty incredible gains in other parts of my life as well yeah, I mean, what what really fascinates me, and and actually, I think the last time we met was watching um, Lee Drano's place at oh, of course. when you yes, invited it was. invited as a, a yeah. as a guest, and I, I, you know, we'll we'll dig a bit deep mm. into sort of your passion for sport as well. But what you know, what really intrigues me is you you completed the hundred mile challenge. I remember when you were up in Leeds and there was you know talking about the next challenge and. And you said about the you know running the marathon de Sable, which you, you've mm. you, you you've entered, and uh, I yeah. think. Uh, yeah, I think the fact is when we were down doing a bit of a, a debrief over lunch in London, mm. and you said, "Oh, uh, would a, would we sell our sponsor your coffin?" And uh, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think you were talking you were talking about the uh, the the risk. So, you know, you you complete the repatriation cost yeah, of my body yeah. back from Morocco. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'll have to see where that how that fits in with our core values um, and your but, budget. Yeah, and the budget. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it's not cheap. Um, but but I'm really intrigued. You know, you you, you complete a hundred mile ultra. Um, you know, I, I did see the video of you finishing. Unfortunately, mm. I didn't quite wasn't there quite to it because I had to get back to King's Cross to jump on the train with Jamie. Mm. But I, I, I'm really intrigued. What what then motivates you to take a, an even bigger challenge? Yeah, it's a good question. And. Um... You're not the only one that asked me that. My wife regularly asks me that. And I think it's sort of, um, it's, I suppose, my obsessive nature. Um, I think a lot of people actually interpret, interpret um, an obsessive nature as a negative. I actually see it as a real positive. And I think that I just like continually, continually challenging myself. And, and I'm, I think that, the 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 warm glow that i get the, the you know the, the positive energy that i get from completing 100 miles and it and, and as you know we, we were running that for charity so it's it's actually pretty amazing that i can selfishly get to feel so good but also do some good as well and i think that that with regards to you know what we did in london uh, in april this year i'll be raising money for the same charity greenhouse sports and delalia rugby works when I take on the Marathon de Saab in Morocco next year. And I think, again, that's something that, um, yeah, I, the ambition is to raise as close to 50,000 pounds as possible. And that, that you know, that, that, that's quite hard, you know, especially in these times, it's, it's not easy, but I think, you know, dare I say the the more extreme the challenge, the, the, the more I hope people can dig a little bit deeper into their change pots and sponsor me. <laughs> 
Fantastic. Well, we, we'll certainly help you, um, you know, promote your efforts. It's, it's fantastic, and you know. Well, I should say as well, thank you for yeah for your support in April this year. That's you know you're incredibly generous, and and the way you supported us without without the support of your business, we we wouldn't be able to raise half that money. So yeah, we're very grateful for you guys. Yeah, I, I, I mean, let's come on to the the, the discipline thing because obviously we. You know, Salesstar works with businesses to transform sales performance, and mm. you know one of the challenges I think that the leaders in those organisations see is is like the self discipline of mm. of, of salespeople. And I think you know we we're fortunate to interview Jamie Peacock before he did that run on the sixteenth of, of mm. April. And one of the things that really stuck with me from interviewing Jamie was he, he you know I, I said why do you think it isn't that salespeople lack the the discipline and you know doing the hard work and he said well he said you know in sport it's easy to be seen as the winner you know doing the glamorous things mm. he says but a lot of people are not just prepared to do the hard yards you know and i'm sure there must be days when you you've got a training run mm. and it's raining outside and you may not feel like going you know what how, how do you keep disciplined and motivated yeah i think it's um it's really interesting tying it into sales, isn't it? Because I think that a lot of it is, I think, the ability to to accept rejection and also to put the real work in sort of away from the sort of limelight. Um, just from my personal business experience, you know, you know, for whatever people say, I, I've worked in sales my whole life. You know, you can package it up and present it in a fancy way, but, you know, it was, it's always about sales, right? And you guys know that. And I think, especially as you, when I go back to my in, in nightclub promoting days, wow, we, you know, we were we were putting 20,000 people in venues across London every week. And that was sort of before social media. So I was, I very quickly um, went from working as a lawyer to actually having to develop the skills to pick up a phone and try and maneuver, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people to venues and sell them you know, a good night out. And I think that that's where I cut my teeth in sales, you know, was, was you know, we would have a venue, we'd hire a, a nightclub every Saturday, we'd have to put 3000 people in it, and I'd have to convince people to go down to it. And so that 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 for me, that's hard. And obviously, half those people you speak to say no, but you've got just got to keep going. And then, you know, translating that into running, I think it's, yeah, every no training run is pretty, but it's, you just know that actually when it comes to game time, and obviously Jamie's a lot more qualified to talk around this subject than I am, but, you know, even I suppose, yeah, that 100 miler, it was, the, I'd done the training. I knew I'd done the training and I knew I'd done the hard work out of the sort of, I guess, the limelight. And it was a six month training program. And, but I knew that I'd stand, stand me in good stead for, for the actual day. And, as, you know, as you witnessed, it took me probably an hour longer than everyone else to get round, but I did. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's interesting, but I, but I do think the ability to handle, um, I guess, pain, rejection, um, is really, really key, both in in sales, but also in yeah, as you said, if you, if you wake up and it's raining, you still go out. You don't not go out. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, you know, I've talked to a lot of sort of leaders and experts and I think one thing that comes across to me is even when you don't feel like doing something, you know, you might wake up in the morning and think, oh, I don't feel like going to that meeting or, yeah. you know, I don't feel like attending that webinar, whatever it is, but actually the fact you've just, you've, you've got to show up and yeah. I think it was something that, that Jamie said to me, he said, 
he says the difference between winners and people who are average is that the the winners show up when they don't really feel like it totally but also it's that consistency of the the good habits isn't it and again it's sort of you know i don't believe in mystical powers but it's you know the weekend just gone i i i ran my first sub 3 marathon and you know i've i've not been running for relatively that long and it was i ended up having to do a sprint finish to get under 3 hours and so you can imagine the state of my body after sort of you know 25 and a half miles to then realize looking at my watch that i'm going to have to sprint to get sub 3 the stars massively aligned but also i believe they aligned for me and i got under in you know 2.59.35 but because I put the work in I, I'd never I'd never miss a training day I, I don't skip uh training I don't you know even just saying to my wife this morning I you know I felt a bit under the weather the last few days but I've still trained I you know I don't I don't um yeah I I, I I'm a real believer in in following the process and as as you've said and Jamie said it's 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 when you don't want to do it that's when you really have to do it yeah i mean this is it's interesting you mentioned the word the, the word process and um you know we in our business we talk about putting the science and data behind what we do so we're fortunate mm -hmm. we're a partner company in the us called objective magic group and they, they yeah. they've evaluated over 2.2 million sales people over the last 32 years so they understand what makes somebody um somebody successful uh, it mm. sounds like oh, it's so it makes me sound like a geek doesn't it when i know those sorts of numbers no, Simon. It's great though um and you know I, I think what really sort of intrigues me i've come across a lot of people who are, i think they've got real talent and that might be in sports it might be in business it might be in, in sales but i think often what i see is I, i've seen people who you might term up average talents mm. but they're really they're really disciplined to do the things that'll get them over the Line. And yeah, I'm interested to talk to you because you said you you know you got into running in later in life, and you're right. I think mm. running nightclub events probably wasn't conducive to being fit. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but what it was conducive to was to meeting sports stars, and that was yeah. the segue into my career is yeah. as a sports agent. So um, yeah, you'll be very aware that my first client was Martin O'Fire. Um, yeah. Still one of my best friends this day. I mean, Martin even joined us for a, a leg, a short leg of the hundred mile, but he was still there. Um, and I think, yeah, that 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 for me was that was very much a sort of uh, yeah, sports, professional sports, men and women and nightclubs go hand in hand. So yeah, that 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 that, that served me well in that field, that's for sure. Yeah, and um, what what I mean, obviously you've dealt with a lot of a lot of sports people, and obviously you know Martin Afay <clears throat> paid for many years for my hometown club uh, Wigan mm. you know so I was fortunate to be able to you know watch him watch him live as well um, yeah but what are the things that you've learned from dealing with sports people oh wow that's a big question and to be honest it's something actually I've been really thinking about the last few years because I think I was probably quite naive and nonchalant when I when I fell into the world of talent management because I was surrounded by these you know great mainly men at the time but you know whether it's martin o'fire um vinnie jones chris kamara jimmy bullard um nick easter like a real array of talent across football retired footballers rugby league rugby union and and i was probably i probably really didn't understand or acknowledge how lucky i was and i think it's only in the last few years that i've i've noticed probably through a bit of osmosis that I did learn a lot and, and still to this day learn a lot from my clients and whether that's 
you know the clients i've got to this day people like chris kamara who you know my god the, the, the man is you know he, he is a national treasure now and and you look at the journey cammy's been on from he'd openly admit a sort of you know an average league footballer to now one of the biggest broadcasters in this country not only that but combined with the mental health and health struggles he's had over the last few years he's been very open about um the likes of warren gatland who i work with and just learning from him about leadership and man management has been incredible but i think it's yeah it's, it's those sort of lessons and i think what what um one of the biggest lessons i think that's really sort of come through is about sort of knowing what you're good at and 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 i think the ability and having the humility to surround yourselves with other people that almost are better than you but but really help you fill your blind spots because i think one of the things i i probably didn't realize in, in my 20s and 30s was that i think i probably tried to do everything and when you try to do everything you, you end up probably doing none of it very well and i think having the humility in the last i guess 10 years especially when i launched the agency dark horses the advertising agency i i, I part own and founded was this is only going to work if i surround myself with people that are better than me and i think that is the essence of a you know a coaching group or a team is that you have to have those specialists around you yeah i i would thoroughly agree with that and i i've been through that journey in my own business and i'm i'm fortunate i've got some really great people in my team who can do the mm. stuff that i'm not as good at and i think somebody said you know <clears throat> operate where you're best and what you love and where your passion yeah. is and find other people to do the stuff you're not as good at but i think in the early days when you're building something mm. you can take too much on and like it's say, interesting, when... yeah totally yeah but you also you you just it's i think maybe it's a bit ego driven and i think you probably think you can do it all um and you almost think that you're you're failing if you don't keep it all to yourself i mean i um i mean I, it's funny because i'm very I'm really lucky that I've just from whatever, and it's probably comes from my, my dad is, is that I've got a really good work ethic. Like I am, I, you know, I don't know many people that work harder than me, whether that's, you know, training athletically or just working as in for my businesses. And, you know, that is something I'm proud of, but I'm just lucky, I think, because it, I, I don't know where it came from, but it's a bloody good trait to have because um i know some very talented people that don't work hard and i th i think it's probably fair to say that you know that the hard workers always come out on top over the talented people that don't work and uh, so i feel like i sort of i was lucky in getting that gene and, and, and not being particularly talented at anything and it, it's funny because again go back to running like i literally just run like there's no there's no sort of form or i dread to think what some if someone analyzed me what they'd think i mean but running is like pretty easy right you just run yeah. <laughs> like we, we can, most of us can run so i i just i almost a bit a bit you know a bit, a bit embarrassed when it's sort of like you get credit for being oh going sub three or running 100 miles which that i just work hard and that's what happens do you know what i mean it's not like i'm serving aces at match point at wimbledon or anything <laughs> like that i'm just i'm just gonna have a run <laughs> yeah but i mean so listen you know sub three hours for a marathon is absolutely you know it is absolutely amazing and i don't know you pleased but you've um you've inspired me i've entered well i'm doing the leeds marathon next year for um i saw it well yeah yeah uh to raise money for mnd and also continue for greenhouse uh you mm. know greenhouse sports and um 
obviously that's a, it's not a flat marathon. But then I got, <clears throat> I was going to say, I got, I got coerced by my partner to enter the ballot for the London Marathon. Oh, and, did uh, you? So I was, so I've, I've entered, I've entered the, um, the ballot, but I actually, um, so I, I'm in a small running group and, uh, yeah. we, one of my friends, Rachel, uh, she was in the London Marathon and so I was doing yeah. the training and ran up to 20 miles and it was interesting. Mm. Um, you know, the, the mindset to just go out and run for three or four hours. Um, and like I say, you, you get your running shoes on and you go, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you, go you, you go running, but you know, I, I'm not built like a, a runner, but like I say, I think there's so many things that you can do, but my, my times are coming down, you know, I'm getting older, but my times yeah. are coming down. And I think, Actually, it's the it's like the challenge, isn't it? It is, but I think it's again. I, I I don't know what the science is. I don't think even the science. I think it's probably based on self esteem or confidence. But yeah, the the more my times calm down, um, the older I get, um, the the more wins I'm seeing in other aspects of my life. So it's sort of I you know why would I stop it? <laughs> Why, why would I stop something that I've sort of found relatively easy that all it needs is a bit of application and hard work, but it's absolutely making my life better. Um, it would just seem really sort of counterintuitive to stop it. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, it is interesting. I think it's um, the fact that we've both got into it um, when we're older. I think maybe that might be a blessing. You know, I, I, I think that we're seeing the the gains because obviously th there will come a point where I'm going to stop running faster. Like I, I PB a lot of the race I do, but that, that's not, if that goes on for, on, on for the next twenty years, then I'm going to be the greatest runner of all time. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so you know, we we are both going to plateau. Science tells us. So yeah, I, you know, if I guess if that had happened, if we'd both got into running at sixteen, and we probably would have plateaued by the time we were in our mid thirties, and and it's funny because I really feel like I need running now. And I think for me as a 46 year old man and, you know, obviously the, the, the state of the world over the last few years and, you know, I've, I've been very open with sort of mental health issues I've had over the last sort of 15 years. And I think that running has been given to me at the time I really needed it. And I, and I think that, that that I think is a real blessing. <laughs> Simon, obviously you, you're aware that as a business we do a lot of coaching with our um, our clients. What what I wanted to explore with you now is, you know, do you, do you personally see coaching as some of the organisations to embrace? I know that obviously coaching is used a lot, you know, to enhance performance of you know uh, individual individual sports people and and, and mm. in team sports. You know, what, why do you think it's so important for businesses to adopt coaching? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think it's, um, yeah, I've been a, 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 a fan of coaching across all my businesses. I think it's goes back to what I was saying earlier around surrounding yourself with sort of experts and specialists. Um, and, and just, just on the running point again, I, I sort of, um, I joined a running club six weeks ago and I, you know, the, the Wednesday night track sessions down there, having two expert coaches, um just sort of monitoring i suppose 15 20 runners as that we do various interval and tempo training on the track that that feedback and the smarts i was getting from them i really helped uh, well i really think helped get me over the under under the, the sub three um, on sunday and 
it's just hugely important. But going, yeah, going back to actual, you know, the, the use of coaching in business, it, it just goes back to that point, isn't it, about you don't know what you don't know. And, uh, and I think having someone who is best in class at whether it's sales coaching or whatever facet of your business, um, I think it's ignorant not to take people on board. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, Simon, you know, over the years of doing what, and what I do, I, I've met a lot of salespeople who say, oh, well, I, you know, there's nothing I can learn. I've got a magic source or a, or a, a winning personality. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it always causes me to smile more than I, than I already do, you know. And it comes back to this thing about, you know, you can make assumptions, but I, I feel in business there's always somebody there who's trying to be smarter and better than you. And mm-hmm. who wants to overtake you? And you know, uh, in the conversation, and you talked about you know, even as a you know, when you, when you set up your nightclub business, you were having mm-hmm. to sell, and you learned some some tough skills. But I'm sure that you wanted to get better. But I think as well, it's um, it's every human being is different, and so if you have to put yourself into the 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 sort of the mind and the life of the person you're selling to. How can you possibly do that when you only experience life in a, in one way as as you see it? And I think it by getting sort of sales coached on board or you know whatever you want to call them, I just think it it, it just obviously increases the chances that you're going to be better prepared to have the conversation with the person you're hopefully buying from you and whatever they're buying. So yeah, I think it's it's really interesting, isn't it? I think I'm a um, you know we can we, we probably haven't got time to dig into it. I think one of the the things I was very lucky with with my childhood, my, my, my dad was in the army, so we used to move around every two years, which meant from the age of, well, from the start of school, really, I was upping sticks and moving to new homes every two years, which meant I, I was meeting all sorts of people all over the world, Hong Kong, Germany, all over England, and it was enabling me to meet different people. And I think just relating that, that experience I had of, effectively having to make friends very quickly you know I, I think I've worked at 15 homes houses growing up as a kid um obviously that probably didn't do, didn't do too much for my sort of security <laughs> and it's probably led to a few issues in later life but um it's actually something that I you know I absolutely don't have a problem with and it, I think the benefits were, were huge and I think yeah just going back to the, the point I'm trying to make is around just being armed with different ways of talking to different people. How, how can you possibly, you know, learn that by yourself without having assistance and help? Yeah. And I think, you know, I think for me, sometimes what, you know, having great people around you and, and having, you know, one or more coaches to help you get, get better. I think it holds you accountable and it keeps, it keeps you real. And Mm. I think it keeps that, you know, that, that continual challenge as well. Totally. And that's exactly the point, you know, I suppose you're making with regards to, to, to sport and, and it, you know, it's some people aren't honest with themselves. And I think the great thing about having an objective, someone else in your life, I mean, that, that's one of the things I find at the moment. I'm like, obviously, the business that I'm now running at the moment here, it's only, it's only myself and one other. We've got two. Well, there's, there's four of us, but actually um, only two are full time. Um, it's was the previous role I had running my agency dark horses you know there were sort of 45 of us and I stepped away from that role a couple of years ago and it's just interesting having um, I've really noticed having less people giving me feedback one of the the brilliant things about um, when I was at dark horses and running the agency was that I was continually being appraised by people around me and we, we were very rigorous and robust about the appraisal system and the feedback system whereas actually 
you know, at the moment, I sort of, I probably can spend, you know, some days I'll only speak to one of the other guys once a day. And it should have, I, I'm very aware that, oh, okay, I need to make sure I keep getting feedback and, and on what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Yeah, and it's interesting that this the word the word feedback and and obviously you know you come across an individual who you know devours feedback and I've had people say to me you know um, feedback is the breakfast of champions but why why do you think mm. it is that some people don't want to receive feedback? Oh, I think it's a it's a life skill, isn't it? And it's a it's I think for me personally, it's definitely something that, that's developed with age. I mean, goodness, in my twenties, I don't think I was. I was ready for feedback. I think I'd run a mile. I think I'd I'd get angry. I think I'd I'd take it as criticism. Do you know what I think? I think it's a, it's one of those life skills that I put alongside um, money and listening that I just wish they'd teach at schools. I think yeah. it's something that you know we we learn about Henry VIII and we learn about you know capital cities. But my God, if, if from a young age children were taught how to take feedback on board, um, the world would be a much better place. And I think that that. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not something that I, I developed until later life, but I do think it's something that's wrapped up in ego. Um, and again, just well, we've mentioned growth mindset before. I think some people are, are, are of a closed mindset. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that's just somehow some people want to live their lives. I, again, I'm quite lucky that for whatever reason and for I don't know how I, I've sort of got a growth mindset, which means I'm. I'm always willing to learn. I'm hungry for knowledge. You know, I'm up at five every morning reading and, you know, I go to bed with a book in my hand. That That's just the way I am. And I think that's the same. I think you'll find that people that take feedback well are people that probably digest and read quite a lot as well. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a subject that the sort of personal development and the, the appetite to want to get better and improve. And often what we see with salespeople is that they, they want to be treated as professionals but they're they're not pay they're not prepared to pay the price by reading you know listening to listening to mm. podcasts listening to audio books and it, I, I think there's a key difference with people who want to be successful is that they do want to get better and they do want to be open to feedback and what I always think is if somebody gives me some feedback about something we've done in the business or something I've done personally it, it's my opportunity to grow and you you know you've mentioned that the growth mm. mindset. I think people who've got a growth mindset want to, they, they want to get better mm. and they want to, they, they want to improve. And like you said before, if you carry on getting those personal bests, you'll be in the Olympics in 20 years time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or in a coffin. As long as we're not having to pay to repatriate you from the mouth and to sell the And yeah, but I, I, I think it's really interesting how, you know, some people expect success without mm. having a growth mindset yeah it, it is interesting but i think this is all intertwined with you know you, you talk about the word sales and i think you know i've been in a few industries where sales is a dirty word and i think yeah. that i find that astonishing really and i think i've also been in in industries where people are heroes so for sales so you know whether i you think of club promotion so club promotion is about you know packing the people in, having a good party, massive queue outside, that is sales. Yeah. Being a football agent, that is about moving your player to the biggest club in the world, getting him the biggest salary and him being in the best team. That is, you, you are selling him. Whereas yeah. as a lawyer, um, 
I was nowhere near the sales function of my law firm in, in London. And it was sort of like, I wouldn't say the business development team was a sort of, but they were sort of like, they weren't with the fear earners. We never used to socialize with them or hang out with them. The, the work just used to appear. And I would just be like, <laughs> what? Like, this is quite weird. Um, and I was, I was kept away from it. And you don't, you didn't talk about those guys in this development. And then, and obviously as, as with Dark Horses and the creative agency, it was sort of, it was, you know, I, I, I was continually hoping and, and, you know, I really wanted everyone to be, you know, looking and being aware of new business. But, you know, I suppose the creative arm of the business, people hadn't been told that was their job or, you know, they were there to come up with the good ideas. There was zero expectation in other in other employers they'd had about, you know, new business and sales, which I found confusing because, you know, I think everyone should be aware of, you know, how the business runs and how we make money and how we don't make money. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting how different people and different industries approach sales. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't you've come across the work of um, of Daniel Pink, but he wrote a book to sell his human. And, um, no, I haven't. That's interesting. Okay. And what in this book he actually talks about how in an organisation everybody's involved in sales, and yeah, and he's he's more of sort of a business coach, marketer. But what he came to the conclusion is is that every transaction we have in life is to do with sales. And he said, if yeah. you replace the word sales with influence. Yeah. people would really would really get it. He said, you know, you've got to mm. influence your partner, wife, husband, your your kids, your yeah. your business colleagues, and and he said, we're all selling at every minute of mm. the day because we're having to influence people to do things that they may not want to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think it's it's really you know it, it's really fascinating. Um, mm. But I, I'm gonna. I'm going to finish off with um, with sport, and I know you're a, a very keen uh, Spurs fan. I am, uh, and, and I have one of my team, uh, Dylan, who's our sales apprentice, who's also coincidentally a Spurs fan. Oh, really? Uh, but not yeah, a very yeah. keen one. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's an extremely keen one with his uh, with, with 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 his father, Clive. Oh, yeah, yeah. When whenever I'm in the office, um, you know, if Spurs have won. Uh, the, the, there's a few grump, there's a few grumpy expert, uh, a few grumpy expressions. Yeah. So you know, you uh, do it. Do I take it um, you've been a, a Tottenham fan all your life? Then yeah, yeah, yeah. First time in my life. Um, been yeah, it's been quite a journey. Um, I suppose uh, you could say the last five years of being a Tottenham fan have probably been the most uh, interesting. Um, certainly had the most adventures across Europe. Um, was very privileged to be in in Ajax when we, uh, Lucas Moura hat-trick and obviously the, the Champions League final wasn't such a great game but such a great experience but no I, I sort of yeah I'm a big fan I try and go home and away I tend to go away a lot more than home now um, but no it's, it's it's something that it's been really close to me and I think it's you know I've got a group of friends that I go with probably 20 or so of us and yeah they've been friends from god yeah 20 or so probably 30 years and yeah, we're all from completely different walks of life, but it's yeah, it's the one common thread we all have, and then and I loved it. And to be honest, during you know the last few years, especially during COVID, it was such a when the football went. I mean, you'll be the same. When the football went, it was just like oh goodness, wow, okay, now it's getting serious. <laughs> like because that was that was sort of the one thing that was keeping me going. And then with that pause, I was like whoa, whoa, you know. But no, it's it's brilliant, and and I've been incredibly lucky to work in 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 football, as you said. So. 
you know, Ledley King, Tottenham captain, Tottenham legend, good friend and client of mine. And so, yeah, I've, I've been very, very fortunate to sort of work in amongst the club as well. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's fantastic. And I think the reason I'm asking this question is is that, you know, we... we we work with a lot of people, and you see that they've almost lost the they lost the mojo. Not not just in not just mm-hmm. in sales, but in life. And I think for me, it, it's really important that you have something outside of work that you you're passionate. About. I know, obviously, you're you're fortunate that yeah. you know your your you, your passions outside of work mix with your your business life as well, which must be tremendous. Yeah, well, it is. But then yeah, there have been times where that it hasn't been so, you know, like that. And I think when I was actually a football agent doing deals, you know, and had clients playing in the Premier League and Championship. And I was, you know, I I became almost, what was my sort of passion became intertwined with, I guess, some of the darker side of football. And it it, it actually, it it led led me to probably around 2013 to basically stop representing current players just because I was, I just wasn't enjoying some of the things I was being, you know, involved with or, you know, exposed to. And, you know, football was just my love and my passion. I just didn't want to see that stuff and or, or be involved in it. And I say, yeah. yeah, it is interesting. But I think, I, yeah, listen, don't get me wrong. When when Tottenham got to the Champions League final, I was incredibly fortunate because a dark horse's client was Nissan, who were a Champions League sponsor. So, you know, I was incredibly lucky that that the one season that Tottenham marched through the Champions League, I was working with one of the Champions League sponsors. So. Yeah, tickets, etc., were 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 fine for me. So it was, yeah, that was <laughs> the stars really aligned in that in that year. I have to say. Oh, that's uh, that's fantastic. So, uh, Simon, it's been a real pleasure to interview on this week's podcast. Um, if people want to reach out and find out more about you, what's the best way to uh, to connect with you? Yeah, I, t- I mean, I've I've been on Twitter for a while, so that's at Simon J Dent. But I've just launched an Instagram page for the first time ever, which is quite crazy. But um, I've done that purely to help me in my fundraising with my marathon de Saab um, attempt next year. So that's um, at Ultra Entrepreneur. So yeah, please follow me on that channel because that's where I'm just posting purely my sort of running, trail running, athletics sort of content. Um, with a view to raising, as I said, £50,000 for Greenhouse Sports and, and Delalia Rugby Works. Yeah, that, well, that, that's fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm following you on Instagram and uh, and Twitter as well. So it's uh, it's great to see what uh, what you're doing. So, Simon, thanks very much for being such a great guest on this week's uh, podcast. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by SalesStar and hosted by Pete Evans. For more information about what we can offer you, head to our website at salesstar.com forward slash UK. You can also find us on all social media platforms just by searching for SalesStar UK.